Star Wars 7 by 7 episode 2634. It's a Spinner Sunday episode, and you know what? There's an Obi-Wan Kenobi TV series coming out next year. I don't know if you heard about that, <laughs> but there is actually an Obi-Wan and Anakin comic series that came out a few years ago, and it's really kind of fascinating for some of their backstory because at one point, Anakin was thinking about leaving the Jedi Order, and that would have also meant something catastrophic for Obi-Wan Kenobi as well. So let's talk about that today. Punch it. Hey Rebel Rouser, I'm Alan Voivod and this is Star Wars 7x7, your daily dose of Star Wars joy. And thank you so much for joining me for it. So the Obi-Wan and Anakin series is a five issue limited series from Marvel that came out in 2016 and it takes place three years after the events of The Phantom Menace. So within that fascinating space, that 10 year period of time in between The Phantom Menace and the Attack of the Clones when Obi-Wan grows a mullet at some point and he's not really mullet-tastic in this one or anything like that. Uh, and we get a younger Anakin, a 12 year old Anakin. And the gist of the story is that there's been a distress call coming from some planet called Carnelian 4 and it seems like like it might actually be coming from a Jedi or at least somebody who is familiar with you know Jedi communication like the communications referred to as being the type of language the type of thing that only really a Jedi would send and so Obi-Wan and Anakin are the two dispatched to investigate and unfortunately the planet is covered by a debris field so they end up crash landing on the planet which you know we're already off to a bad start for them and so you spend the time reading the five issue series going, well, you know, if he's already talking about leaving and he's already even given his lightsaber to Obi-Wan Kenobi, like he already turned it in. How is it that he's actually on this mission? And thankfully the question does get answered by the end of the series, which is really satisfying. And the story's told in kind of a fascinating way because there are flashbacks in the story, but the flashbacks actually lead up to the big punchline because you find out over the course of the story that Anakin is talking about leaving the Jedi Order, that he just doesn't feel like it's right for him, and he feels like, you know, the galaxy's calling to him, and that he has to answer, and he's just not patient enough to go through the whole Jedi process. Oh, and by the way, I mean, it's been long enough, so this is a full spoiler podcast about this particular thing. So they get there, and it turns out that the you know, people who lived on this planet pretty much you know, went to war and destroyed themselves. But there are survivors, and Obi-Wan and Anakin get sucked up in a battle between these two factions, the open and the closed. And, you know, that becomes a bit of its own problem. But once the members of the open and the closed hear why it is that Obi-Wan and Anakin are actually on the planet, they agree to work together, even though, you know, there are these like weird corpse zombies or something like that that are trying to kill them all. But, you know, they're like, oh, you're trying to track down this signal? I guess we'll help you. And, you know, people from factions that, you know, hate each other to the death are like, all right, we'll work together. And it turns out it's because there's this person named Sarah who has been collecting all of these artifacts from how the planet was before everybody went to war. 
And both the open and the closed people want to destroy Sarah because as it's put in the story, she's a reminder of how things used to be and how they failed the open and the closed factions. And so they're like, yeah, we just want to eliminate the evidence of that and then get back to trying to eliminate each other entirely. And one of the factions takes advantage of Anakin's mechanical skills and just his youth in general and kidnaps him and gets him to repair these, you know, mech droids that start laying waste to everything and all this stuff. So yeah, there's a lot of action, a lot of adventure to it, but there's also a lot of philosophical talk in a way. Part of it is with Obi-Wan and Anakin talking about how it is that this planet ended up just destroying itself and why didn't the Jedi help? Well, there's only 10,000 of them. There's only so many, you know, things that they can do. And, you know, the Senate, you know, yeah, they're under Senate authority and it's been like that apparently for a while, which I think has ramifications not just for the, you know, for the prequel era stuff, but also potentially for the High Republic era because that this is mentioned as something that's been going on for a while, this idea of the Jedi being under the Senate's authority. And so here we are five years later with a bunch of High Republic stories and the High Republic Jedi are operating at the behest of Chancellor Lena So in dealing with the Nile and the Drenger, and you know probably rightly so, but you know they're getting into that whole militarized situation again, which you know they got into with the prequels. So maybe it seems a little weird to say again <laughs> in that regard, but it wouldn't be surprising to see it devolve to a situation where oh they're under the authority of the senate by the end of the high republic situation and that's also relevant because the writer of this obi-wan and anakin series is charles soul who is one of the story architects for the high republic so yeah i'm sure there's a bunch of stuff interlinking around here and there's also a story in the flashbacks about how Palpatine starts paying attention to Anakin. And he basically inserts himself as someone who, oh yeah, you know, I used to be 12 and rebellious, even though it doesn't seem like that could possibly be the case because it's been, you know, what, you know, 50, 60 years <laughs> since then. So yeah, let, let me talk to the boy. And he basically convinces Mace Windu to let Anakin come to him and says, you know, hey, well, aren't the Jedi supposed to be responding to the Senate authority? And since I am the, you know, the Chancellor and overseeing the Senate, then, you know, like, what's the deal? And Mace is like, all right, yeah, we'll, you know, have him come visit you. So, yeah, that's when things are already getting bad. And then, the whole situation with that is Palpatine takes Anakin down to like level 26 something on Coruscant where he gives Anakin a lesson in how you know, things are down in these lower levels where the sky itself is a myth and he talks about you know corruption and shows him a couple of senators gambling down in these lower levels and how they're getting away with corrupt stuff and oh if only you know this one senator could be more greedy and have to you know call in more favors then my people would be able to track his corruption better and so the implication is that Anakin kind of force messes with a force cube that's being rolled and this is the first thing that 
Palpatine has manipulated Anakin into doing, and so you get a little, like, evil grin from Palpatine in this situation. I mean, he's basically pulled the I am the Senate business, and he's already working on Anakin, already very impressed with him. So, yeah. Oh, boy. Anyway, but for the main story, so... Obi-Wan and Anakin get sucked into this thing, and this person, Sira, who was using uh, messages with archaic phrasing, that was the particular term, uh, says that, yeah, you know, I had all this stuff, but then I, you know, I found this picture and this indicator that, you know, you could communicate with the Jedi, and here's how you could do it. And you know, it looks great, but there's something a little off about the Jedi and the pictures in black and white and and the character says, Sarah says that, oh yeah, it used to move and it used to tell this information, but Obi-Wan has kind of a bit of an insight and says, um, you know, when that picture used to move and whatnot, what color was the lightsaber blade? And Sarah says, um, it was red, why? And so you're like, oh, this is really creepy because A, it had information on how to contact the Jedi, but this was a Sith person being depicted and, you know, doing dastardly deeds, like the pictures of that Sith person dismembering someone. Now, we don't get to find out in the story how long ago it was that these two warring factions on the planet actually destroyed themselves, so that might give us an idea of when this Sith character was around, but you get the idea that it's been quite a long time, like at least a couple of generations, because what the Sarah person is doing is trying to win over the hearts and minds of the younger generations because the older generations are just too bitter and embattled and yeah they can't be changed but perhaps the younger minds can be changed and be swayed and possibly be able to sway their elder folks too so you know at least a couple of generations which is kind of frightening in its own right because that means that you know you're not a not more than a couple generations removed from a sith running around like yeah that's kind of crazy in its own right. But the whole thing comes down to Obi-Wan basically lying and claiming that the planet has a bunch of Tabana gas that could be mined or says I think maybe that's the case and that's how he gets the rest of the Republic to send forces to show up and help out the situation and put an end to the hostilities between the open and the closed which you know was part of the discussion that he and Obi-Wan were having toward the beginning of the series like why didn't the Jedi help why didn't the Republic help and you know part of it was you know they didn't want help and it wasn't worth helping because there was no reason for anybody to invest in it which you know Anakin being young and idealistic like says yeah this is you know, one of the big reasons why I'm having a problem with this whole situation and why when he was talking with Obi-Wan about quitting, he was like, um, yeah, I was a slave on a planet of dust and a magic guy showed up with a light sword and a starship. Like, I was going to say no to that. Like, of course I was going to go. And it's really a beautiful moment, actually, because it's just, it's so self-aware and shows how reflective Anakin has become in just those three years. So he is growing emotionally to some degree, even if he is still very impatient and is, you know, not willing to finish his Jedi training. He's like, I mean, you know, maybe I'll come back, but I want to go now. And the finality of things is that 
as Obi-Wan is talking to Yoda about this and talking about, you know, feeling like he's failed Anakin because he's, you know, not giving him the training that he needs, Yoda says, yeah, well, you know, we're not jailers, we're not going to keep him here, but there's been a distress call from this planet and go on one more mission together. And if he decides that he wants to be done after that mission, then we'll let him go. And that means something for you too. You understand Obi-Wan, like, what will you do? And he's like, well, yeah, I've got to continue training him in the Force because, you know, the Force moves around him in a very particular way and Qui-Gon sensed it and I committed to Qui-Gon. And Yoda says, well, you know, only, you know, only Jedi training happens in the Jedi Order. So if Anakin leaves and you know, doesn't want to be trained in the Jedi Order anymore, but he still needs force training, then Obi-Wan, you're going to have to leave the Jedi Order as well to complete his training. That's the the big reveal that basically this whole situation of Obi-Wan keeping Anakin in the Jedi Order was also for Obi-Wan himself to be able to stay in the Jedi Order. His vow to Qui-Gon about training the boy would have meant that he would have had to leave the Jedi Order along with Anakin if Anakin decided to leave the Order as well. So it really was in Obi-Wan's interest, you know, in more ways than one, to keep Anakin in the fold. And so that whole little white lie about maybe this is to ban, I guess, is you know, an object lesson for Anakin to say, yeah, you know, as Obi-Wan Kenobi, like, I'm not necessarily going to get anything done, but I'm a part of something bigger. I'm a part of this Jedi Order, and because this Order is so respected in the galaxy, when people from this Order say something, people pay attention, and that's kind of the value of being here and being able to make a difference, and that's how Obi-Wan is able to convince Anakin to stay with the Jedi Order at that time. But that business about Obi-Wan having to leave the Jedi Order if Anakin did. That's the thing that particularly blew my mind, and I wonder if that's something that could possibly come up or be addressed in the Obi-Wan Kenobi series when that comes out next year. I mean, we know that Obi-Wan and Anakin slash Vader are going to have some sort of interaction during this series, and oh my gosh, there's so much <laughs> that they could do. I mean, honestly, if they had just a whole episode where somehow they were stuck together in a way where they had to have long conversations, like I would watch a whole episode that was an hour-long conversation between the two of them if it was written well enough because I think there's some really amazing stuff that could happen there like a one-act play or something like that but anyway that backstory about Obi-Wan and Anakin I think is really amazing and I hope you think it's worth spending the time on to contemplate as well and it'll be really interesting to see how it plays out or even if just knowing that will kind of deepen the experience of watching that series. And that's what I've got for you on today's episode of the show. So it just remains for me to say thank you so much for joining me for it, as always. And may the Force be with you, wherever in the world you may be. Star Wars 7x7 is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox, and is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other Star Wars-related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited, other respective trademark and copyright holders. May the Force be with them. All original content is copyright 2021 by Star Wars 7x7. We hope you love it.